Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Thanks for tuning in hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. A lopsided loss for the orange is they clearly are not in the same league as Duke this time around. Duke with the 79-59 win at home. Syracuse drops below 500 once again, 9-10, and 3-5 uh, in the ACC. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback in a rematch with Pitt as they look for revenge this Tuesday, the 25th, at Panthers. Game is set up for 8 p.m. on ACC Network. We'll let you know what we think about that, but first... Before we get started, uh, some football news um, on the uh, transfer portal front. C.J. Hayes is coming from Michigan State. Grad transfer listed at 6225 according to the Spartans' website. Uh, he had some very limited wide receiver action in three years. 14 catches with 154 yards. He was moved to safety last season, saw mostly special teams action. Um, he has an opportunity to come here for Syracuse, put on an orange uniform, and see if he's got what it takes to make a difference. Last year, obviously, we know the struggles um, and the receiving core. The, the, the guys are there, but, you know, we could use some some talent, and I guess we'll just have to see, you know, how good he is. I, I'm, I'm just worried, Joe, about the – I mean, this is good. This is good news, but – 14 catches, 154 yards. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't really had a lot to, as far as receiver goes in Michigan State. Uh, but he has, you know, last year they, they changed him to a safety. He played some some special teams and stuff like that. And uh, he's kind of been around. Um, you know, he's physically can can handle it. It's just whether or not he's got yeah, he's good you size. Know, the talent totally. receiver, right? So, um if nothing else, he comes in and brings some experience to the wide receiver room, um, gives us maybe a last ditch, you know, safety if we have too many injuries. And who knows? You know, he wanted to transfer somewhere where they were going to give him a shot playing receiver. Uh, and if he can find a little niche and if he's good at uh, run blocking, because I know that we plan on running the ball a decent amount next year, then maybe he can, you know, fill, find a little spot 
or, you know, on the offense or in a nice little role. So, uh, again, just bringing, you know, a little bit more depth experience and at worst a guy that can go out there and give us some good special teams play. But, um, I mean, he was recruited by Michigan State, so he had to have some type of talent. Right, man. We'll just have to see good size. Like you said, two, 205, 6'2". It's pretty it's – it's a big boy. So, for at wide no. receiver. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Let's – Let's get into this one. I know everybody's on the edge of their seats waiting to listen to us here talk about the Syracuse-Duke game that was <clears throat> yesterday, and it was pretty much all it was advertised as, I think, uh, and then some. So, anyways, let's take a listen to what Coach had to say after the game. You know, we got off to a really bad start, and then we got made, played pretty well for a good period of time. And then we, uh, you know, I thought we had, they're very good defensively, and they made us take some hard shots, but we had some good open looks in the first half for two for 16. We have to make some of those shots. Um, this is the first game in the league that we, uh, just haven't been there, and uh, you know Duke's very good. Uh, and but at the end of the day, we have to make some of those shots, and uh, and we just couldn't. And that, I think that was the difference. They're really good team. If we make some shots, we can keep it much closer. But they're they're good. They played well. Baker came in and gave them some threes. They're just better than us today for sure. You know, Buddy got to the shots. He, he's been played that way all year, and you know, by big guys. And he's able usually to get to his spot and uh, wasn't able to. And then when he got some looks, he just he didn't, just couldn't make them. Well, they're hard to defend, the two big guys, but we let Griffin go early. We want, He was the guy we wanted to play, and we didn't guard him. He got two open looks to start the game, and that's just not – that's it's not – it's inexcusable. We know – they're going to get some stuff inside. We can live with that. We can't give them 14 threes. I really thought after the Griffins' first two, we defended the line pretty well. We we kept him from getting a lot more looks, and then right at the end of the first half, he got two more. But, uh, you know, somebody's going to shoot. You're going to let – somebody's got to shoot. You're going to let somebody shoot some threes. But uh, I thought we were okay inside with Ben Carroll. I thought we were pretty good with him. For the first half, I think he had four at halftime. Um, our offense beat us in the first half. It was just, you know, we have to score. We have to be able to put points up. And, uh, you know, we just weren't able to. Coach, going forward, when you know you're going to play a team as physical and fast as Duke is, how can you better prepare for that style of both offense and defense? Well, first of all, Clemson and Pittsburgh, who we just played, are as physical as anybody that we've played this year. Virginia's as physical as anybody we've played this year. That wasn't the, that wasn't the issue. The physicality, it's a physical league. Everybody in this league is pretty physical. And, uh, you know, you just have to be able to play through that. And tonight, again, you, you can defense was good. They're physical. We got 10 threes in the first half that we normally make. We shoot 38% from three for the year, but on those 10 shots that we got, they were good threes. They were good looks, you know, really good looks. 
we have to make some of those to compete. And, you know, we'll go right back to Pittsburgh uh, Tuesday and their physical team. So you, we have to be prepared for that. And, I, and we are. And the buzzing, the buzzing, that was the, the feed. I don't know what the hell was up with that. I'm sorry about that. But that was there because that's how I record it. Um, okay, today's episode of the Cuse Militia is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on socials. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram, type at sportsdrink, spelled sportsdrink without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Um, they have a number of podcasts like ours, professional sports and other college teams. If you are interested, go check them out. Um, okay. Off the top, not a good start. That, that's uh, an understatement by coach there. Uh, four turnovers in the first five possessions for Syracuse. Uh, two for 16 uh, from three at the half. Um, I think Duke was seven for 15 at the half. And Syracuse overall for the whole game, Joe, shot 36%. And, um, you know, you take some of those threes at the end of the day. It was... It was um, Five for 29. I mean, it's 17%. You know, it's not like Syracuse. They had plenty of open looks. I feel like they just weren't falling. And, um, you know, uh, as, as right when we get on the, well, I'm not too worried about Syracuse scoring. I mean, maybe a little bit with Duke's defense, but they can score. Their, their offense is pretty decent, but, you know, getting stops is going to be important. Well, they couldn't do either. And it was bad. Yeah, and that's, I think, what we've seen with teams that uh, have good scoring. I mean, and it's Duke, defense. right? We know yeah. that Duke's got one of those things where, I mean, they're they're probably a favorite, if not to me, at least definitely a, a Final Four favorite, right? So, I mean, we're talking about a team that, especially when they're shooting like that and they're on, you know, rolling on cylinder, all cylinders, I mean, they got guys that, you know, are bigger, taller and can still move as fast as guys, you know, two, three, four inches that are on other teams, which is why, you know, Buddy and some other guys, you know, just had difficulty. Uh, they can switch pretty much with everybody, and they just they made our 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 life on offense hell. And, and it's we've proven that just because we have a good offense statistically or analytically, when we play teams that have defenses basically in the top, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, um, then we struggle. Some teams we do better at, but I mean, we struggle to get out of 60 sometimes, you know, I mean, we won a game, what, 63-60 against Florida State, um, you know, Duke, I mean, we didn't even get to, to 60. So um, we we shot really, really bad and they shot really, really good. I mean, you, you spoke about the three pointers, five of 29, uh, the big three, you know, the big three, three pointers of Joe Girard and, um, Joe, and Buddy, Joe, Buddy, Buddy and Cole. I'm not even talking. Oh, yeah. Joe, Buddy and Cole. They went three of twenty-five. Yeah. So I mean, twelve percent. Yes, that's unacceptable, right? Yeah. So um, it's just one of those things where we shoot like that, then it is going to be a problem. And, and realistically, if if we if if the roles were reversed and Duke 
was shooting poorly, and, and then they would have probably gone and done different things other than shoot the three and still probably scored. And if we shot like Duke, then we'd, I mean, we'd still be a close game. I mean, that's just they're that much better of a team than us, you know, um, athletically, strength-wise, and just talent-wise. Um, they need to play a really, really bad game. And we need to play a really, really good game to have a chance to even being close to beating this team. Yeah, and they had one of the starters out. Yeah, and you mentioned the three of twenty-five from th- from three, but they had nine of forty-eight from the floor. Period. For yeah. for a total of twenty-five points between all of them. Some you know, there's foul shots in there, but yeah. I'm just saying. And I know that Duke's defense made it tough on on them for some of them, but I'll tell you what, we definitely had some op- open yeah. ones we should have yeah. hit, and there was definitely some like fast, bad shots. I mean, I know that's kind of sometimes what we do and sometimes we make them. At, at one point, they were just, it looked like they were just hucking them up. Mm-hmm. Desperation, like just, just seeing hoping. if something would fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just not good. Uh, it was not good. And, and Wendell Moore, is an, he's an NBA defender. He's an oh, NBA absolutely. defender out there playing against Buddy Bayheim. Uh and they got some grown, some grown men guys. I mean, Banchero, he's going to be probably the number one overall pick. He's definitely going to be a lottery pick. Mark Williams is going to the NBA. I mean, this team is really, really talented. So, you know, the coach is right. We played close. You know, we we played them single digits. You know, I mean, we kind of weathered the storm in the beginning. Got down early, came back, got it within single digits. We got it within one. Um, then around, you know, the five minutes to go in the first half, Mark, they ended up taking it and. and Busting it open to a 14-point lead going into half, and then you know we came back and we just, just didn't look back. You know, uh, nothing changed in the second half, and we kept missing shots. And you know, it's just some of it was unlucky, and, and some of it was Duke's defense. Uh, Buddy with seven points, as we mentioned, he he, you know, he, he, to your point, as I'm just going through the montage here, which was next, um, is that. Buddy, Joe, and Cole all were not good on offense. And while I know, you know, the majority of our problem is defense, you got to have, you got to have two of those three play a pretty decent game to even contend here. And to contend, honestly, most of the time, I think, in the ACC um, right now. So, uh, you know, for all three of them to kind of struggle, that's, I mean, and you could see it right from the beginning. And sometimes you think, well, one of these guys is going to get going, okay? And it's probably going to be Buddy or Joe. And it just, it just never happened. And, um, you know, as far as, like, the turnovers and stuff go, I, I thought that it was going to be worse. Syracuse only with 10 turnovers to Duke's 15. Um, it started off with, with four started off the game the first couple minutes with four. Joe, it was like, what, two? It was under three minutes where they, where they, where they turned the ball over four times. So yeah. uh, it, it was on track to be catastrophic in the turnover battle, but you know, it ended up not being terrible, below their average. But you got to hit shots. And um, they let Griffin, uh, Allen's little brother there, younger brother, who is a... Uh, Gosh, man! I mean, how awesome would it be to have gotten that? Um, yeah, just a talented kid, man. He goes, he goes. I think he went. He definitely went two for two. But I think he, he I think he might have went three for three. His third first three. It was just two were like back to back. 
Yeah, from the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So, and they left them wide open. I mean, they left them wide open from the first two. It was like, it was like, you know. They just had so many shots. dangerous weapons, and you saw it throughout the game. You saw Wendell Moore hitting threes and Roach hitting threes, Williams catching dunks, Banchero doing a little bit of everything. On top of Griffin hitting threes, and then Joey Baker came off the bench and hit a couple threes. So everybody was in, it was was you know piling up in on it and, and getting their points. And you know, like I said, when Duke plays like that, it's going to be tough for anyone in the country to beat them, let alone us. And you know, Duke's beatable. I mean, you know, they they any team can win. I think in the right. ACC, except for Pitt. But uh, I mean, even they have their even they have their days. We'll talk about them. But uh, if anyone's struggling, it's going to be them, Boston College, et cetera. Uh, but but Duke, yeah, I think either Syracuse is going to get crushed or they could contend. I thought honestly, I thought they would contend a little bit better yesterday, and. I guess I was just a little hopeful. I, I didn't think by any means it was going to be a win. It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be, but you could just see it in them. Um, when when there's like 10 minutes left and I'm going, my gosh, uh, there's yep. 10 minutes left of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like, no, full, fully knowing that we like, we weren't going to come back. Oh yeah. Even if we started it's like, in threes. Yeah. So. It's like, we just hold the ball. I mean, right. I, I just, just, slow the game all the way down yeah. and, and I mean, even like Cole Swider started doing you know his Cole Swider thing getting him he's finally hitting shots in garbage time when it doesn't matter to give himself double digit points <laughs> his Cole Swider uh, thing yeah it's got to be better than that man it's got to be better than that and you know Syracuse in their last in their five ACC losses it was all of those losses were five points or less and if I, if I remember right, they let they um in all nine of their losses coming into this game was um was three and a half points on average we lost by. Well, we got crushed yesterday. And it was just Syracuse caught with their pants down. And I don't know, there's really nothing else to analyze there. So with that said, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, and just so that, you know, let you know, Cole Swider, yeah, he hit five of his 11 points um, with under four minutes to go when we were losing by 30. Yeah, I think he got up to 31 at one point. Yeah, it was 31, and then he hit a two-pointer, and then they ended up getting a steal, and he came down and hit a three real quick. It was bang, bang. He had five points in 25 seconds, 30 seconds. So that's what I meant when I said the cool sweater thing. Look, well, you, he's Duke, done it. Duke he's is, done that before. He did that before. Yeah, Duke is um, Duke is a different beast in the ACC, uh, and that's just really that's really the difference. Uh, they really, really got to have a bad day um, for us to even be in that game. So I thought it was going to be a little bit closer as well. To your point, and I figured Duke would end up, you know. Pulling away and winning by double digits later in the game. Uh, I thought we were going to play, you know, probably another 15 stronger minutes and maybe play it close to about halfway through the second half before 
that whole thing happened. But well, they they got within one early, and you're thinking, okay, all right, we'll settle in and just hit some shots now. Okay, it was a lot of missed opportunities for Syracuse to start the game because Duke honestly wasn't hitting a whole lot either in the beginning of the game. Oh, I mean, they took a 16 to six lead or four to 16 lead or something like that. And I know in the beginning we had four turnovers to two shots that we put up or attempted. So, I mean, we were really, really slow in the beginning. And again, turnovers bit us. Uh, I think we got out rebounded pretty badly. Yeah. By 10, yeah, ten uh, nine, nine or 10, whichever, nine. wherever you look. But uh, at the end of the day, like I said, they're just a different beast. And especially when they shoot threes like that, cause they don't shoot threes like that. And when they're hitting threes like that, I mean, Griffin does, but most of the other teams doesn't. So um, when they're hitting threes like that, then, like I said, it's you know hard pressed to find anybody in the country that's going to be able to beat them. Yep. All right. The the uh, the fan feedbacks, Wayne. Let's hear what you guys had to say after the game. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. Regardless, win, lose, or tie, I ask for... Well, there wouldn't be a tie in basketball, right? Uh, I will ask for your thoughts on said game. You leave them, we talk about them here. Uh, Look, it was not fun to watch. Uh, Look, I watched the whole thing, and the only reason I watched the whole thing is because I come here to do the show. And I got to tell you... um. I'd have rather been snoveling show or snoveling, shoveling snow. <laughs> I don't even know if that's show. a word, but I'd rather be doing that. <laughs> I'd rather been shoveling snow. We got, we got. What'd you get, Joe? We got about probably six, eight inches. I'd say probably close to eight inches. <sighs> we got two, two to three. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which you know, look, I go out there with the uh, the electric snowblower and crush it while everybody else has got. You know, spade shovels and whatnot out there. Yeah, I so, don't, I don't, I don't own a shovel. I don't own a shovel. You don't own a shovel. No need. A shovel. What do you mean, no uh, need? There's no need for a snow shovel. Sorry, I don't own a snow shovel or any uh, utensils I or have, tools. Huh? Oh well, you say that until you get eight inches of snow one time. You're like, ah, oh, shit. I wish I had a snow shovel. One, the one time in what? I bought an electric snowblower. Been here down here for like seven six, years. Okay. Well, the last time it snowed here was seven years ago. So, but I bought an electric snowblower probably about eight years ago, and I've used it twice. But I'll tell you what, come in handy them two times. Okay. So, look, just because you don't have one doesn't mean you gotta be all nasty and ugly about it. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Uh, Look, let's turn to Facebook. Okay. All right. Well, Joe's in one of his moods right now. No. Chris on Facebook, the players just don't mesh. It's a decent group that are skilled but lack athleticism. Buddy isn't a go-to guy. None of them are in a half-court set. Edwards is probably the best option. Uh, Look, obviously Edwards just not strong enough yesterday, but not terrible. Not terrible, but, um, you know. Edwards is a talented guy. They got to work Edwards as much as they possibly can. It's tough you know, against teams like Duke. But how about Samir Torrance, which there was nothing in fan feedback about Cy, and there was nothing in the presser about Cy. So we would be remiss mm-hmm. if we did not mention his 24 minutes. I mean, like, I'm ready to see this dude um, get a starting spot. I mean, I'm just, uh, that's that's me. I, I mm. well, for Okay, well, what's the difference? 
No, I'm just I'm saying I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I I, I guess I'll use this time to make the argument that I was going to say because I'm I'm starting to see a trend here, and you know I know that they talk. There's been rumors, but that there was um, it was too clicky last year, and maybe some of the you know a lot of the people that left were because uh, you know whether it was players thought they should be playing more, or they didn't get along, or it was some type of I don't I don't know what personality um, conflicts, personality clash, whatever. Um, but I think more and more, and now actually after I looked at some stats and took a little bit of a deep dive, um, I'm kind of on the board of, I mean, right now, yes, definitely defense is, is one of our biggest issues, 100%. It just adds a, I, the energy, though, too, just plain and simple energy. Right. But I think that, you know, our second problem overall is the fact that we don't have an, a, a natural point guard, a natural kind of leader out there. I think that Buddy can be the guy, but, I mean, you can't. <laughs> You can't have somebody that's so inconsistent, you know, and, you know, the scoring point guard that has to be like hitting shots to get going. And he's so up and he's so down. Um, And a lot of your offense relies on whether or not he's going to, you know, play. And it's just I'm kind of last year we talked about, you know, how we thought Kadari should play because he was more of a natural point guard. And then, you know, you either go small or you take have Joe come off the bench like a little shooting guard spark or whatever. And. Um, after looking at some stats, I mean, I'm kind of there. And after seeing Samir, and, and, and yes, he's, he doesn't help on, in the scoring as far as shooting-wise, but he can take Six it to the assists, hole. Though. He can finish, and it's the, really it, it is, it's the assist turnovers, mm-hmm. and that was what I was going to look at. None. Now, obviously, there's a situation where you know Joe Girard's played a boatload more minutes and in different periods and times and stuff. So obviously, there's a little bit of inaccuracies in this, but I— Still, I think it's a situation where it kind of speaks volumes, right? So Joe Girard has played 638 minutes to Torrance's 237. But when you look at their assists and their turnovers and everything like that, you know, I looked up, looked at the stats, did some math. Samir Torrance averages an assist every four minutes that he plays. Joe Girard averages an assist every eight minutes that he plays. How many turnovers? And And then when you look at turnovers... Joe Girard averages a turnover basically every 11 minutes that he plays. And Samir averages a turnover about every 14, 14 and a half minutes that he plays. So a better ball handler. But so when you simple. look at it, better ball handler, and you look at his passes the last couple of games, he's played less minutes and had more assists and less turnovers. And when you look at, you know, obviously the smaller sample size, it, I mean, it looks to me like we just have a more natural point guard that can drive and make plays. He's had some good passes that have gotten people good finishes around the hoop, and he's actually been able to to drive and finish. Uh, and I think he gives us that athleticism and speed in the front of the 2-3 zone, just like Kadari did last year. So um, at the end of the day, I mean, I like I said, I'm not a coach. I don't get paid to coach. But, I mean, I'm looking with eyeballs and looking with math and it just looks to me like it's another year where we have somebody else that's in a better position to be an actual natural point guard um you know and not to say that you can't spread the minutes you know 25 25 20 you know whatever because you can go small um and joe still can come in and play point guard when when side needs rest but um to me I think he helps the team a little bit more and balances out a little bit more of that offense-defense type stuff. And again, I'm not a coach, but I'm just looking at numbers and doing a little bit of math and and using my eyeballs. And uh, I just think that I've seen more consistency from him in the minutes that he has played versus Joe. Obviously, yesterday, the game got away from us. It didn't really, at the end of the day, matter who was playing. But while Cy was in there, I just felt like 
he was doing exactly the things that were kind of missing. And right. and you know, six six assists, no turnovers. He had a couple uh, boards and four points. He's not going to light it up offensively, but he does give you a little bit different dynamic when it comes to these more aggressive defenses. And also, you know, Joe is just not a bringing the ball up kind of guy. I mean, I thought he could develop into that role last year through, you know, this Wishful thinking, <laughs> wishful thinking, you know, I mean. <laughs> right. I mean, dude, he does, look, he does the best that he can. He right? does, you know, but it's just not. Paul Swatmutter got ripped pretty bad yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, he's another guy that I'm I'm kind of down on. His stock is going down with me. Um, which is but, why you could do, right, which is why there's room for Cy. I mean, because. Which is why there's room for Cy, but also this is why there's room for Benny. There's I mean, room Cole for Benny. Swider, yeah. he played 26 minutes. Joe, uh, Jimmy played, what, 34 and they both had what three three rebounds each. Benny played seven minutes, had two. And again, that type of length. And I did see him out of position. And you know, he does look lost sometimes on defense. And he, he gave does, up he a looks couple lost quite a bit. easy buckets, right? But yeah. um, at the end of the day, I mean, you need to be able to switch it up and and, and get get different things going. But again, like I said, it what I knew that it was out. You know, it was a long shot yesterday. But Cy did look good. I hope he's all right. You know, and he got hurt and. Uh, you know, he had to leave the game, so I hope that he's fine for next game. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. You even look at fans. Like, I talked to your brother unbiasedly, right? Because we've always been able to talk back and forth. Him as a Duke fan living in Syracuse, you know, whatever. Yeah. But he's even said he doesn't think that Joe Girard's a, a bad player, right? He just thinks that we're using them wrong or using him wrong. He's like, you got a, you got a shooting guard and a point guard's body, but he could play shooting guard in college and you're just not, you're not, you're not putting him there. And again, he's not a coach either, but you know, I mean, Joe Girard, he got, um, I believe he got recruited by Duke as well. He did. And if you think, and if you think Duke was recruiting him to be anything other than coming off the bench and being a shooting guard and a, and a, and a shooter until maybe he was good enough to start after a couple years or whatever, then you're sadly missed. I mean, I don't think Duke was, was recruiting him to go there and be point guard. So, uh, sometimes it's just tough because you see certain things like this. And again, it's not to slight Joe and say that he can't have a role in the team. We still need him to score. We still need his energy. We still need him to to get in there and, and put well, can, 20 can, plus minutes up there. They could be on the floor at the same time, too. I mean, you could switch Buddy to the yeah. three very easily and just use all three of them at the same time. That's what I'm saying with, with sometimes the way that Cole is. And sometimes, honestly, I mean, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. With Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy, he has like massive brain farts too. He he can get yanked. I mean, it just gives you the option. Like, look, okay, let's freaking not. Uh, you know, like he does. Coach doesn't have to tolerate that stuff. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what and I mean? that, that, that is true. I mean, that's a situation where you could probably maybe start Joe, see how he's going, and then you know if Joe is struggling or if one of the forwards is struggling, like Cole or Jimmy, then you can sub in Cy real quick. And I think that that's definitely something that we're going to start seeing. And, like, again, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see. I know that the game was getting away from us and he probably played more minutes because of that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's up near, north to, to 20 minutes um, playing half the game. But um, not a lot of talk about it. Um, no. I think um, Noah on Twitter, he – he definitely mentioned it, and but other than him and me, I, I didn't see it really on Twitter that much. I don't think I, I could be wrong, but I, honestly, 
I don't, when I scroll, it's very limited too. So, mm-hmm. um, but there was nothing in fan feedback about it. So I, I had made a note here. I figured we'd bring it up. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, Jake on Facebook says wet fart. Yes, if there was a game that was a wet fart, that was a wet fart. <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, Nate on Facebook. Some games are worse than others. Hopefully going forward, none are worse than this one. Not making shots was a real killer. Defense was not active enough to handle all of Duke's weapons. Yeah, look, you're going to have a worst game, okay? Um, looking back on ACC play and you're like, man, okay, the Miami game, we should have had that up by 18. By the way, Amy, Miami came back down 26 to Florida State and lost by one uh, yeah. yesterday. They had a shot. They had a shot to and win they the had game. a shot to win the game. I believe it was Wong um, that had yep. it too. Um, and, and so you look at that game and you're like, man, that could have been a good quad one win. And then, you know, even the Florida State game that we just lost, you're like, it's just like, just those couple little games, those couple games like that that got away from us, obviously. Um, what was the one um, earlier? Cornell, right? So, um, right. you know, obviously that's uh, a, a killer. But you look at those three games and you can say, man, you know, you're going to have a bad game. Okay, it's Duke. I get it. But um, if you have those three in just even the two ACC ones, okay? Because let's just be honest, Cornell's is, is, that stuff happens. But you took a look at the two ACC games, and you're feeling a little bit different right now. I think that's all. That's my point. Nadal on Facebook, huh? I mean, no, it's just, it's, to, well, there's a positive and a negative about it, right? Obviously, there's always those chances, like. But I mean, if anybody thought going into, you could be upset, but I mean. I was ninety nine point five percent chance that we were going to lose this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Barring it's, them, it's, right? So this it's a is a good just test, though, and to see how you play and see how that see how they respond to a team with of Duke caliber to see. But all in right. all, like it was like everything was bad. No. Like yeah, the, the response. Dude, I mean, you're coming though. off a situation where, like, you're going to to Cameron after they lost a game. You know what I mean? They're coming back all pissed off and you knew that we were going to get their best and you know we play them twice this year so this gives us something to where you know we've seen them you know all duked all that is is a quad one opportunity 
uh, not expected to win. And, you know, if you if you do get blown out like this, albeit very embarrassing, it's just, yeah, it's Duke. No one expected us to do this. Um, let's just hope it doesn't, you know, kill us <laughs> and uh, affect us, you know, in the next game. Um, and let's see how we can play them when they come to the Dome in February. Nadal on Facebook, tough game. We com- we competed until they missed, until the misses took their toll psychologically. Time to look at the future torrents, Jesse, and the new recruits coming in next year. Jimmy should move on. Okay, so I want to focus on the Jimmy thing. We know he's trying to come back, Joe. Uh, look, it was a tough game. At one point, we just mentioned that they were just chucking up threes, man. It didn't. It, it, was, it was desperation stuff. It didn't matter. The the recruiting class coming in looks good, but we, if Jimmy came back, that could hamper some of that action. I don't know, Joe, if Jimmy coming back is a like. I feel like he's gonna come back, but is it the is it the best? Is it the best option for Syracuse right now to have? Jimmy coming back. I just, I just, I, I don't say this. Don't I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to knock the dude. I'm just saying, I think we, like, I want to see a little bit of freshness. We just have too many of the same type of players. right? Exactly. Now. That's yeah. That's if we thing. lose Buddy and we lose Cole, then I don't think him coming back is a big us. deal. Right. But then at the same time, now you're talking about Benny with a couple other forwards that are coming in and um, there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, pushback type thing. But I mean, maybe this is basically based off of the progression of Benny Williams. And maybe this is just the coaching staff a little bit nervous of maybe having to rely on their two wings next year being Benny Williams and two brand new people. So in reality, getting him back, I don't think necessarily would be the worst thing. You know, again, you just worry about, you just worry about how the recruits feel about minutes getting taken away yeah. and whether or not, you know, it's going to be another season of just a bunch of guys sitting on the bench and not being able to, you know, progress. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, he gives them chances when they supposedly play good in practice. And, you know, I feel like he, if, if Benny Williams progressed enough, then I feel like he'd be out there more. So, again, I want to see him, but every time I see him out there, he looks lost. And, and, and then it just reinforces in my brain why Jimmy and Cole are playing that. So much, that so. one's clear. I mean, the Benny thing's clear. It's, right. it's so, more clear. If you lose Cole and you lose Jimmy and you lose Buddy, the next year we have to replace both of our wings. Do you want that to be Benny Williams and the two true freshman okay, forwards that well, are coming in? Look, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, of course, I wouldn't want all three of those guys to go. But when you look at look at what Jesse did from last year to this year, I mean, we didn't expect no one, none of us expected Jesse to be what he is this year. I mean, it's true. I mean, anything can happen. Um, sometimes it just clicks. I mean, the one thing that Jesse needs to work on that I don't know if it can be fixed or not is that this just weak with the ball. I mean, and so are so is. There's a so lot is of Cole. Team. So is Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's our whole team. Yes, I mean Jesse. As much as I, you know, love how he's playing. Love the back behind the back pass yesterday. Oh, that was beautiful. That was great. beautiful. Yes, um, that's some old you know, school does, Syracuse stuff right there does, too. Yeah, but he does stuff like that, and then it's like, but you can't hold on to the ball, right? Because he had four turnovers, and just if anyone comes over and bumps some balls out, right? Did good on Cole the fouls, though, bad. with as physical as that game was yeah. down low. Three yeah, fouls? No, I, mean, I think they let him play. There wasn't a lot of fouls. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um. Oh. So, but yeah, I mean, it's... It, but I guess 
Go ahead. I guess the issue is like, the big issue would be is if Benny actually does take that stride, right? He does well, take I think that he's, step to where oh he's got it in him. Yeah, me too. I, I believe he's got the work ethic and he's got the drive. He wants to be there, and I think a lot of that comes down to him thinking that he's going to be an automatic starter next year because everyone's leaving, right? Um, but I think the crux of it is is that if he comes back. Benny takes a big jump where it's like, okay, he has to be out on the floor. And now all of a sudden we got two forwards, two or three wing guys coming in from the freshman class. And maybe one or two of them actually over impresses and like, oh man, like that guy makes our defense way better with Jimmy out there. Like, is he going to take Jimmy out of the starting lineup if there are actually players on the, the team better? Because like this year, I can understand. Because I'm looking at the depth, and I understand. Next year, who knows about transfer portal? Who knows who's coming, who's going? But I know we're bringing in a class of what five. Yeah. And plus, like I said, with Benny hopefully getting better, it's a situation where you don't know how good these guys are going to be, and you know that's the fear. The fear is, am I? Are they going to be talented enough to actually play and cover the wings and help our defense to where we wish we had Jimmy? But then if Jimmy comes and he plays, and then we actually have more talented, athletic, younger players, then are we really going to take Jimmy out of the game and, and have him come off the bench? Or are we going to have these guys buried in the bench because Jimmy's there for a six-year and, you know, coach's son type thing? Well, that's kind of where I'm at. And that's why I'm like, you know, I mean, it just depends on how many go. But to your point about Benny, if he, you know, you know, I think he's got a starting spot locked in next year and Jimmy does come back or, you know, maybe even a couple of them come back, I mean, that could be an issue maybe. Um Playing time for the younger guys and then worried about right, transferring. Right. And yep. then not only that, but if Benny does get the start, okay, you have that 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 period where he can, you know, he didn't get to do this this year. He didn't have the opportunity to be on the floor much when it didn't matter. I don't want to say didn't matter, but when we were doing playing a lot of non-conference, plus it was a brutal non-conference schedule. Mm, yeah, normally players like him get a lot more yes. minutes and a yeah. lot easier games right. to be able to get in the flow. And the Atlantis, just, the Atlantis tournament was just brutal. I mean, you know, so he didn't get a lot of burn. Next year, you know, the situation could be different. He could be getting out there and getting a lot more minutes early in the season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. And, I mean, even you look at our non-conference, even the normal ones. Normally, you know, normally that guy, normally Benny gets to play t- – 20 minutes against Colgate this year we lost so yeah I mean it's just what it is um Jeff flush it coach G flush it prep for Pitt Tyler coach needs to go the Bayheim brothers are great basketball players but simply not gifted enough to compete against top tier ACC teams bleed orange but I'm ready for a change that's kind of a big that's kind of a big consensus among orange fans right now but even when coach is having a decent year and you know they just don't like something he's doing they're calling for his head so i can't tell if this is legit or if it's not i mean i gotta trust that the coach knows what the hell he's doing but to be honest this year i've questioned him more this year than normal and i guess maybe um you know, just because of the impatient, I'm I'm growing impatient this year. I want to see. I, I feel like I'm watching this a like Groundhog Day, like we like we said last episode. I'm waking up to I got you, babe, hitting snooze, and this is <laughs> this is the same thing over and over again. Michael, top fan on Facebook. 
To me, it's clear at this point that the problem with the program over the past several years has been recruiting. You can blame some of that on the sanctions, but losing Hop was the nail in the coffin. I know Hop's team is not doing great this year, and he is on the hot seat in Washington, but wouldn't it feel great to get his Northeast recruiting skills back to the Q's program as head coach? Look, um, sanction stuff is done and over. Like we're 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 we should not be feeling too many effects from that anymore. And it lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. And I and I think that um, yeah. I think that now with the way you 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 end you end one issue and then you go into another issue. The way the way that the the COVID stuff and the transfer portal and things like that it it, it is it is hurting Syracuse in basketball and football. It just has. And, you know, I know other teams are feeling it too, but some, a lot of teams are really benefiting from it. We're, we just haven't been one of those teams. Um, <laughs> Mike Hopkins. Like, I'd love to see Mike Hopkins. I love Mike Hopkins. I loved him as a kid growing up when he was a player. Uh, I loved him as assistant coach. You know, I love, I love his, his charisma and his character. I think he's a hilarious dude. Um, a great guy. I just don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Is it Mike Hopkins? Does he even want to come back? I mean, didn't he? Good. Didn't he take the job in Washington? Obviously, he was probably a little fed up. But didn't was isn't he like isn't his family there and everything? I mean, I don't know. Is, mm-hmm. Would he even want to come back? You know. And I mean, if he does, and then you know he has a rough couple of seasons starting off. I mean, is everybody gonna call for his head too? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel yeah, about well, the Mike Hopkins thing. I don't know how I feel about the Jerry McNamara thing. I don't. I I just don't know. I just don't know. I gotta yeah, be honest. I mean, we don't really know, and that's the thing is, is I wish it would be a situation where, you know, it was it was timely that when Jim's then Mike Hopkins kind of loses. His, I mean, I don't wish him to lose his job, but again, it was kind of a thing that we talked about when he coached for those ten games where Bayheim was was suspended way back when, right? He didn't do a great job coaching. No. And even Washington, he's out he's out recruited Bayheim since he's gone to Washington. He's sent players to the NBA, more players I think to the NBA than Syracuse has since he's gone to Washington. And they don't win. I think he they won the first year he was there. Yeah, he did really good and, the first um, year. It was a huge turnaround for that Washington program and then first after and second that. year were and then now it's just been it's been downhill. And I don't think it's the talent. But you know, I, I would love to have him back. I just don't think that you hire him back is is that you hire him back as an assistant to get him back on your in team the recruiting. as an assistant coach so that he can recruit. Yes, exactly, yeah. and start bringing in the talent because that's where he's that's um, his that's his strong suit. His strong suit's recruiting. He's recruited the players where he's at. He recruited players here. You know, it's right. it's and we're never gonna know. But you're talking about Coach K getting out, right? And who else? Um, Roy, Roy Williams, Williams got out of the game, right. I just I don't know if these older guys. Again, I mean, it's got to be more difficult trying to actually like understand, you know, the kids nowadays and how to teach them and how to, you know, and and, Bayheim's one of those no nonsense guys, you know, and we don't know if it's a situation where we just don't even get certain recruits because of that certain situation, right? We don't know how that really goes when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, I mean, bringing him in and helping recruiting would be fine. But, I mean, I'd, if we're going to give another Syracuse family member, um, you know, the chance, I'd like to see somebody else get a shot like GMAC or, or Red Autry before 
Hopkins just comes back and is a coach after he just kind of didn't do great at Washington. Uh, Greg, on Facebook, this is exactly what I expected from the family and friends in intramural team. Maybe Julie will get some burn <laughs> next game. What do you think, Joe? You think we can put Julie out there? She can, <laughs> she can maybe jump ball oh, or something? I don't well. know. Uh, yeah, I read that today. That was pretty funny. Matthew, can't bring your son's AAU team to Cameron and expect <laughs> to be competitive. Okay, those two guys. Um, uh, look, one from, one from Twitter. Twitter was mostly memes and snark. Uh, at Roger Clark 41, didn't seem prepared, didn't execute, shooting horrific, still not going out and covering the three-pointer. Uh, kind of sad they didn't give him more of a run. And that's exactly why I was so frustrated. I at least wanted it to be. Now, I, now if it was close and they still lost, I'd have something else to complain about. But I at least wanted to be competitive. At the end of the day, I just wanted to be competitive, plain and simple. And, um, you know... They just weren't, and it was disappointing. But I got to be honest, it was wishful thinking on my part um, that I thought that they were going to be. Um, it was more hope than it was reality, and it is what it is. So we'll move on to Pitt, Joe, playing this Tuesday, an 8 o'clock game, as I mentioned earlier. The all-time <sighs> series between Pitt and... It's not terrible. The all-time no. series between Pitt and Syracuse sits at 74-47 and 47 in favor of the Orange. The last game of which was played on January 1st of this year, if you remember correctly. Uh, Syracuse with the W. 77-61, Gerard Beheim. We know the starters. Uh, Buddy Beheim with 24 points. I think it's fair to say that as bad as we're all feeling at this stage of the season as Syracuse fans, Pitt fans are probably feeling it even worse than us, to say the least. Uh, Pitt is on the struggle bus. And, I mean, they're in the back of this. We're on the struggle bus, too, but they're in the back of the damn thing. Uh, Pitt is, uh, Ken Palm has them at 196 with an adjusted offense of, get this, 237th, an adjusted defense of 153. Um, since playing Syracuse, Pitt did manage to beat a decent Louisville team, uh, 65-53. They're 1-1 one one with Louisville this season. They've already played them twice. Um, but currently on a two-game skid right now, they lost against Clemson. They got they got shellacked by Clemson yeah. yesterday, seventy-five to forty-eight. And before that, was a close one with Virginia. Might be closer on the scoreboard. I actually didn't watch that game, uh, but might be closer than really what it was, sixty-six to sixty-one. And then the win against Louisville. Um, they beat Boston College, and um, what was what was their early one? Oh, lost. So they they lost to Virginia twice. Is what it was. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Pitt at this point in the season, they're only averaging sixty-two points a game, with a thirty percent three-point percentage and a forty-one percent overall field goal percentage. Uh, they're one hundred ninety-third in the net ranking, making this a quad three game on the road, which is unheard of. That's how bad they are, Joe. That's how bad they are, right? So Syracuse has to win this game. Syracuse is actually three and three in quad three games so far this season, but the way Pitt's playing right now. This could be if they if they did lose, I mean by the end of the season, the, the way Pitt's trending right now, this could be a quad four game. So, got to go on the yeah. road to Pitt and and win this game. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a must win. And you know, the one thing that really kind of scares me sometimes is, uh, you know, just <laughs> already playing a team than having to go to their house. And you know, I checked it out. Uh, Pittsburgh definitely not the greatest team we know that they struggle to shoot 
And, um, you know, they've already seen our zone, so they're going to have a little bit of a leg up. I expect them to know a little bit more uh, with the familiarity. But playing at home this year um, in conference so far, was they had a one-point loss to Notre Dame, who's the number four team in the ACC right now. Um, they beat Boston College by two. They beat Louisville by eight. And then they had a loss by five against Virginia. So it seems to me like at home they play a little bit tougher. Yeah, have had I've had closer games. Um, and really it's just, you know, the usual suspects when it comes to their starters. Um, we talked about uh Muhammadu Gai, who's uh really long, um long arm, six nine, two ten. He was a transfer from Stony Brook. Um so he's a senior and he's given them some, you know, he, he actually had an all right game when he played against us. He had some sneaky plays around the rim and everything like that. But um Hewley, John Hewley, he had a really bad game. Uh, he got in foul trouble in, in, in when he played us the first time. I look for him to try to, uh, you know, come back and um, have a, a better game this time. Um, and Femi Odukali is really just defender. Um, played good last time as far as, you know, defending uh, Buddy and Joe. And then Jamarius Burton um, is the other uh, guard, 6'4", senior that played, he had 20 points last game, um, and then they made a, a change since we played. Jeffress was a starter, and they um, they switched it out to Zia Kudu, who's a six foot senior um, guard as well. So this is a team like we saw last time. They're going to play tough D, but um, I think last time when we played them, they didn't. They struggled to score. Their big man got uh, into some foul trouble, and I think that just kind of had some frustration and. Uh, think that bled over on on the offense into the defense and we started to uh to score plus we shot really well too so um to your point we can't let the duke game like we can't look pat in the past we got to look forward we can't lose this game and think that anything positive is going to happen uh in this season at all so that's um really all i got i can't really go too well, much they don't really this, have no this is our second time playing and we don't expect a full rundown yeah. like we've already seen them at this point in the season it's acc basketball if you're a syracuse fan you're probably watching some acc basketball if you've seen them play you know exactly how they are joe mentions yeah. they're a little bit better at home okay all right well all right i'll take that into consideration but all in all this team's struggling uh, uh, you know, I think Jeff Cable is a good coach. You know, he comes from the, the, the blue bloodline. So, you know, he's, he was with coach K for how many years? I mean, you know, they had a lot of guys leave we all know we talked about that and, mm-hmm. and they're just struggling. They're just struggling. He's just trying to put something together and just trying to get what he can with what he's got that being Jeff Cable. So, uh, with that yep. said, Joe, you did take the Duke game. We both chose Duke to win, but I overshot the score. I thought Duke would have scored more than they did, actually. So it's one. I mean, they didn't break eighty. So there's that. That's some good news. But you're up, Joe. What do you got for Syracuse at Pitt this Tuesday at eight o'clock? I'm not going to go too deep into it. Syracuse seventy-two, Pittsburgh sixty-five. I think uh, it'll be close. Okay. okay. Think it'll be- You'll have a better game. They'll score a little bit, and it'll be a closer game. So it'll definitely, you know, it'll be uh, the end of the second half. You're worried about us blowing it. It'll be close, but I think we'll take it. Well, I'm I'm a little higher. I shot a little higher. Okay, so with that said, I think Pitt does a little better. 
on offense. I, I, mean, I, I think at home, I think they, they can accomplish that. Like I said, what did I say their average was? 62 points a game. They scored 60, yeah. 61 against us last time, so right at their average. Um, you know, it doesn't take much more to play in Syracuse. They know what they got to do. If they get someone that gets hot, then, I mean, they're going to score some points. And like, like Coach said, someone's going to be shooting those threes and someone's going to be making them. You can almost count on that every against any team every game. Um, so with that said, I'm going Cuse winning this thing, 84 to 72. I don't think it's okay. it might be close in the first half, but you know, I, I don't I, I think I don't see the second half being uh, being anything to bite nails on. So, anyways, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, I mean, and by the any way, positives. Any positives take out of this? Out of the Duke game? Not out of the Duke game. Just out of, I mean, I'm because I'm looking forward and like, I mean, the pit game. You're talking about take, take, uh, not just the pit game. I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at like the next eight games and we like, got some struggling teams in there. Um, there's a lot of struggling teams. Louisville's been a struggling team. I mean, you're yep. talking about NC State just lost uh, against um, a not so great team. Who the hell was it? Um, Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech and NC State are all below us. But Boston College is literally right pretty much where we are. Oh, that's right. Uh, NC State beat beat UVA, by the way. That was the upset. That was the upset. Yeah. yeah. And then Louisville's not that great. So you're looking at it, and, I mean, when you look at – we're three and five in the ACC. Well, five out of those eight games have been against top five, top six, you know, top five opponents. And they're the, they're the top five in the ACC. When yeah. You look at Duke and Florida State and Miami, um, Notre Dame. We haven't played yet, and then Wake Forest. So we have Wake Forest after Pittsburgh, but after that, we're playing again. We got seven out of the next eight so, games where we're playing bottom half teams in the ACC. So yeah. um, these are definitely look, all going to be winnable games. And I mean, what if I told you that we were, you know, two weeks from now we were going to be, or three weeks from now we're going to be sixteen and eleven, or seventeen and ten if we get that that at home revenge game against Wake Forest all the way I mean, up not, to all the way up to Notre Dame looks yeah like fun. looks not that bad right? yeah. it looks winnable I mean we I mean obviously we have our deficiencies but obviously all these teams do too so I mean it's not it's it's still not out of out of the realm of possibility I, no, I want it, there to it, be a little bit of po- positivity of the fact that we got to understand the talent that we've been playing I mean it's one of the probably hardest non-conferences that I can even remember in my lifetime and then on top of the fact of, you know, five out of the eight games we've played are against the top four, top five in this conference right now. So um, so we got the no, – go ahead. No doubt the season's going to come down to those last four games where you're talking about at Notre Dame, home against Duke at North Carolina, and then home against Miami. That's you're talking about those could it. all be four quad one games in a row to end. They are so, going to – those are going to be quad one games. Yeah, most likely, right? Yeah, yeah. so – um, barring disaster, so you're talking about well, Miami. Right now we have a, Miami's on the fence, I think, to be a yeah. quad one game. But go on, because it's at home. But, I mean, we don't. That's the one thing, right? But if they continue on the trajectory they're at, you know, the last game of the season, most likely that should be that. So realistically, you know, it's still going to come down to those four last quad one games in the ACC tournament. But there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, we got an next, we got the next eight games, string of games. That can 100% get us back in this thing. Yeah, they could go on a string of wins. You know, the we we look at 
Um, Wake Forest, that was an overtime loss last time out. So it's going to be Pitt, Wake Forest, NC State's a beatable team. Louisville's a beatable team. Boston College, obviously. Virginia Tech's struggling. Then Boston College again. And then Georgia Tech. So, um, you know. I mean, Wake Forest is the toughest one in there, and it's a home yes, game. it is. And, you know, so, uh, again, I mean, but Wake Forest did just smash North Carolina yesterday. So. They did, but North Carolina, sometimes they just look Something terrible. Something with them on the – yeah, that's the thing is they're 12 and 6. I was going to say right now there looks like there's about six teams in the top of the standings that looks like they might be getting a solid chance of getting in the tournament. But North Carolina, if they don't do something fast, um, they might lose that – that's that's a that, yeah. That's some, know, they're, they're missing something the once in a while. Last two games have been really really bad, yeah. but they're still twelve and six overall. So we'll see. Blowouts. But you know, again, you don't want to give the. Again, I just still want to stay positive. I don't want people to think that the, the season is lost. Is lost. It's just the problem is with this team this year is that um, they've gotten the fan base used to disappointment. So as much as we can sit here and say that the next seven out of the eight games is. You know, this, this, and that. I mean, we've struggled with, with with Virginia Tech, and we've struggled at NC State, and that's at NC State. And we go to that, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's still right there. We have a schedule right there for the tank. And, I mean, we got a lot of teams coming up that are not as good as most of the schedule that we've played so far. Yeah. So, um, where's our next break? Next break is after Virginia Tech. So... You know, a little week break. Yeah. Right now we're playing pretty much playing. We actually have a Wednesday game, the NC State game. We usually were Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, but um, there's a Wednesday game and NC State, and then uh, and we're playing on a Monday. And we're playing on a Monday too, uh, after another break. No, sorry, it's a two day break (laughs) after Boston College playing Georgia Tech at home, two day turnaround. Mm -hmm. So I think those were those those were uh, squeezed in. The Georgia Tech, yeah, Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, because those were the makeup games. That was during the oh, co- yep, right. that was during the COVID pause. That's why that turnaround so quick. It's actually yep. um, two day turnaround from Boston College to Georgia Tech, then another two day turnaround from Georgia Tech to Notre Dame. So that's kind of a gauntlet mm. right there. Yeah, that that looks like that would have probably been it would have been a week break, and they just squeeze those games in. Been nice if they just took one of those games and well, I guess they probably couldn't because squeeze it in North Carolina, Miami. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it, it is what it is. But, um, all right. So, a little bit to look forward to coming up. All right, let's we can breathe breathe a little bit easier. I think heading into these next eight games, and we'll see what they can get. If they can get six, starts and, with pit. Six, <laughs> if they can get six and two, that's looking up. And you know, I'm I'm here. This is where I am right now. I just don't want to finish below five hundred. That's where I am. That's my right. whole life. Yeah. Syracuse has never finished. We need below to go on a run here. Like you what, said, six yeah. and two gives us to 15, 12, and that's going to put us firmly on the bubble. I, I mean, every year, it also depends on how many good teams are out there, right? Um, and all year, I've been talking about how they're talking about the bubble's going to be weak. The bubble's going to be weak. So um, let's just, you know, we've been playing, I think, better than what our record is, and let's see what this. Uh, yeah, next eight games, next eight games do for us, man. You know, yeah. I mean, it's the next month. Let's see what happens. Yep. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, look, we'll be back here on Wednesday uh, to discuss, hopefully, a, a win over Pitt at Pitt. So we appreciate all of you for joining us, hanging out with us today after the Duke loss. Heads up. Go Orange. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. One, two, three, four. 
Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.